That's what some of the cities do, some of the communities around the United States is, you know, when they find a location that a tennis court's not being used as much as it used to be, they have converted them into pickleball courts and then they've seen a, a more, more people and more people getting out there and using the courts instead of not being used. I'm Jim Fox, and welcome to the Loom Innovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship, and the creative people who make our world a better and more interesting place to live. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the very first episode of Season 2 of the Loom Innovation Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the shows from the first season, but even if you didn't like them, we'd like to hear from you. Be sure to reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Loom Innovation Podcast. If you remember back to the very first episode in Season 1, we covered a really cool and fun cycling event up in Iowa called Ragbri, the Register's annual great bike ride across Iowa. What a fun way to spend a week's vacation in late July. Go back and check out that episode if you haven't heard it yet. In this episode, here opening Season 2, we're going to talk about a new and different kind of sport called pickleball. Perhaps you've heard of it, but probably you haven't. It's a relatively new sport, but it is growing quite a bit. And weirdly enough, it has nothing to do with pickles. Check it out. I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hello, I'm Jim Fox, and welcome to the Lumen Innovation Podcast. Today we're in downtown Houston, Texas at the Fondy Community Center, which is a facility within the Houston Parks and Recreation Department. In this episode of the Lumen Innovation Podcast, we're going to be talking about a fun, fast-growing new sport that's starting to take over gymnasiums, parks, and tennis courts all over the country. Pickleball. Never heard of pickleball? Well, stick around for a while because I think you'll like it. Our first guest today is Ricardo Molina, who is a local pickleball ambassador whose mission is to spread the fun of the sport as far as he can. Welcome to the show, Ricardo. Thank you for having me here. I uh, hope we uh, enjoy doing this and promoting the sport. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, what is your involvement with pickleball? You're an ambassador for the USA Pickleball Association. What exactly does that mean? What is your title involved? Well, we try to promote the sport as much as we can. It, it's not a paid thing or anything. It's just mainly for the fun, something that a uh, little info about myself. I started playing pickleball almost uh, eight and a half years ago. And to be honest with you, it was some senior citizens that taught me how to play. And uh, I just love the game so much that I just got hooked on it and became a pickleball, what you call a pickleball addict, and then just uh, became an ambassador, registered and did all the, the requirements that you have to do to become an ambassador for USA. And then uh, just love spreading the sport around to as many places and communities uh, that I can get involved with. I've done some local schools, Baytown School District teachers at uh, physical ed and then also even in the Pearland area. Very cool. So yeah, you, you mentioned that you uh, first saw this back in 2010 at one of the local YMCA's. Um, tell us how that first experience went. What, what did you first think of it and how did your uh, opinion of it maybe change over time? Well, uh, it all started on a hot August uh, summer when it was too hot to do any kind of workout outside. So I'd stopped by the Y and said I was going to register just for a couple months till the heat went by. And uh, I always tell, I always say this, and, and I don't mean it in a bad way, is 
the old people were playing, some seniors 60 and above, they were playing pickleball and they were having such a blast that I just, uh, eventually they asked me, they said, Ricardo, we'll show you how to play. So these senior citizens taught me how to play and I got hooked and ever since that I've just been playing and I dropped all my other workout things that I used to do and just played pickleball from day in, day out. Like I think I played seven days straight at the beginning. It was so much fun, you know. Wow. And I, another thing I did say was, God, I said, if I get to live as old as some of these people that are here playing and enjoying this game, I'd love to be doing this, you know. Yeah, that's that's definitely good to have some activities that uh, some of the older folks can enjoy as much as the younger younger folks. We'll get into the details of the game uh, here very soon, but uh, let's talk about the history of the sport. Here on the Lumen Innovation Podcast, we commonly talk about things that are newly created or invented, but we've never before covered a the origin of a sport and how a sport got created. you know a little about the history of how pickleball little, came about? I know a little bit about it. If I miss any details or anything like that, we could always look things up. And, but uh, the way the sport started, it, was back, uh, it started back in 1964-65 by three men. Uh, it was Bill, Bill Bell, Barney McCollum, and Joel Pritchard. Anyway, these were three uh, friends they would get together during the summertime at a, at a retreat up at uh, a family thing. And so they would go out golfing and things. And then after their golf, they would come home and they would find all the family sitting down in the living room and doing nothing. So one afternoon, they decided to go out and find something so they could all do together. And they found a few equipment of stuff of badminton and stuff. So they started off sort of form of badminton. And then little by little over the years, they brought the net down, down, all the way down to what it's now the original uh, rules for it, which is 36 inches and 34 in the center. And uh, they just uh, came up with rules and started the game. And uh, so it was invented back in 1965. And uh, and that was in the, the Seattle area. In the South Seattle, in Brian's, uh, Brian's Bridge, uh, Washington is where pickleball yeah, was I, first I, formed. At. I think that's just across the bay from Seattle up there. And, uh -huh. and it has grown since then in the in the 40 or 50 years, or I guess, since then. It, it's grown and it's spread throughout the country and even throughout the world. Uh, I've heard, is it the fastest growing sport or one of the fastest growing that, sports? That saying has been on it since I've been involved with it. And the, even the banners still, they say the America's fastest growing sport. It's And that, like I said, not only in America, but worldwide right now. We have uh, ambassadors that are up in Japan and China spreading the word of pickleball. And it's just, and even in Europe, it's just gotten so big and stuff. And they got tournaments worldwide now. You know, it's, it's just incredible how big it's grown. And just a little input. Of uh, when I first started playing, we went to a national tournament that was held in Arizona every year, and it's a tournament that's been running for almost 15 years. And uh, the first time I went, there was only like maybe 280, no more than 300 competitors. And now that national tournament has grown up to where you have over a thousand competitors, you wow. know, coming in and playing. You know, that's that's quite a tournament. Wow. So uh, that, that's kind of some of the origin, but that's that's really amazing the growth on it. We're here in the, in the Fondi Center. There is, uh, this is a big gym. It, it looks like it's maybe built in the 30s or 40s. It's a, it's a typical YMCA type of building that you might see in a small town, an older building that's been around for a while and well-maintained. Uh, there's a, a kind of a big cloth canvas curtain separating the gym. One side is basketball. The other side is on the basketball courts. We're playing pickleball here. There's four courts set up. Um, go ahead and describe a little bit about what the court looks like, how, you know, the people that are listening to this have probably never heard of pickleball, they don't know what the court is. Try to describe physically what is the court, the size, and what are we seeing here? All right, the pickleball court is a, a regular size of a badminton doubles court. It's 44 by 20 feet. Uh, and I hate, uh, this is the way I describe it, I, I describe it as a table tennis on steroids because it, it 
really looks like if you're on a table tennis, except you're hitting the ball instead. And then you have also a little uh, a, a zone that's called the no volley zone, which is also referred to as the kitchen. Anywhere when you've been playing with a lot of people around and for over years, you'll hear, get stay out of the kitchen. Well, the kitchen is a seven, uh, no volley zone that is seven feet from each side of the center of the net. And so you're not allowed to step in there unless the ball bounces in there. Okay. The no volley zone in the kitchen. Okay. And the paint, the paint stripes or the paint lines on the court, at first glance, they may look a little bit like tennis, but they're kind of reversed from tennis. We're up near in the near the net is one big solid, uh, the the kitchen, and then the divided lines that kind of in shows four you quadrants. We have four quadrants in it, okay. so that's why like uh, it kind of is like tennis. All the other little this is a badminton court okay. markoff. So there's for singles in badminton, it, it changes sizes. In pickleball, you you play with the same size of court whether you're playing singles or doubles. This game can be played singles or doubles, but the court size does not change, though. Okay, very cool. That's that was one thing I was actually curious about. I wondered how singles and doubles work. The uh, the serving motion is also different than tennis. Yeah. Okay. The Talk serving about that motion a is a little. It's underhand. Everything has to be hit underhand, and has to land on the opposite quarter quadrum that you're serving to. And uh, does it count if the serve hits the top of the net, or does it have to be a clean? Uh, you, have a, you have what you call a let, just like in tennis, but the only thing is, the difference is you only are allowed one serve. So it's not like tennis, if you fault, you get a second serve. There is a fault, though, that if you hit the ball and it hits the net and it falls into the quadrant that you're trying to serve to, then you get to reserve. But if okay. it falls in the kitchen area, you don't get a reserve, and it'll be a, the second server. Got it. Okay. So let's uh, describe a little bit about the uh, the equipment that the players are using here. These are our paddles. They're kind of like ping pong paddles, but much bigger. Go ahead and describe uh, the paddles for us. The paddles have come a long ways compared to when I first started playing, and even when some of the other the beginners begin uh, started playing. Because at first they were made out of wood, and then over the years they've uh, changed. Uh, dramatically from different kinds to better materials and all kinds of stuff. Most of the paddles are what they call like a either, they look like a honeycomb shell inside and they're either made out of cardboard, aluminum and now the latest version that a lot of people use is the polyurethane plastic core and those seem to be like a, have a better pop and a better bounce to the ball and most paddle makers are going to that. Like I said, when I first started, and then they do have certain dimensions that they have to meet by the requirement by the USAPA. Yeah, and I was curious about, about that. I looked that up about the size because I see all the different sizes and shapes out here of paddles. It's not like they're all one standard shape. The, uh, the width and the height total of those inches is 24 inches or less. So it doesn't define how, how, how big or small or anything. It just says your total X plus Y has to be 24 inches 24 or less. 24 inches, yeah. You could have a paddle, and I've seen them before where we call them blades, where they're like maybe three inches wide, and I mean, they, they, they could extend. could be 21 inches long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's kind of a unique thing. And I, when I first saw this board a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was kind of intrigued by that. Uh, the, the engineers out there listening might uh, uh, be familiar with a, a material called honeycomb Nomex. If you hold these paddles up to the light, you can see kind of a honeycomb structure inside of them and, and I think they're commonly made out of honeycomb Nomex or the polymer you mentioned as well. And talk about the, uh, the wrapping around the edge, around the, the edge of the paddle. The edge, well some of them come with edge and then some of them are edges. Like right now, I mean, it, like I was getting to the paddles about earlier, at the beginning there was only maybe like four major paddle companies that were around and one of them was called S-Type Sports, another one was called uh, Prolite and the other one was Pickleball Inc. that used to have their own lines of paddles. And then over the years now, I mean, you can't even 
I couldn't even count and tell you how many different people and paddle companies are making paddles. I mean, we even got Wilson involved now. You got Prince involved. You got Head. And you got Gamma. All the major Everybody, sports companies. All the major uh, tennis yeah. people are into the pickleball thing because it's just as fast as it's growing. These things are just, you know, they're they're selling out fast, and they just everybody wants to get into it. You well, know? That, that's that's great, and that's hopefully what we'll accomplish with uh, this show. Show is get a few more people involved and uh, kind of spread the fun of it. So we've talked about the court, we've talked about the paddle. Talk a little bit about the ball. The ball is a wiffle ball. The same thing. You have to. There's certain uh, requirements that it has to meet with the USAPA, which is the bounce and the the hardness of it. You know, we have two different kinds of balls one that you play indoors and one that you play outdoors with because this sport can be played indoors and outdoors and the majority of the people at least united states wise they like the outdoor game because it's so much like a tennis game that it's it's a totally different game than the than the than the indoor game so a lot of major tournaments and stuff like that they're held outdoors you know so the outdoor ball the difference between the outdoor ball and the indoor ball is the holes in the in the ball okay so at first know. glance these balls may look a little bit like wiffle balls they're uh, are they a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller than wiffle they're, balls? Uh, at, they're about almost a little bit smaller, not okay. much, but a little bit smaller than the regular baseball wiffle balls that they use. Okay. And uh, and then the, the hardness of it has to meet because the bounce, when you throw it down the ground, it has to meet a certain height that it, the ball bounces up on it. Okay. And let's see, I guess in tennis, outdoor tennis, there's there's grass and there, there's hard court and soft court out, outdoors. Does that apply to this as well? This one, uh, we have, we, they've been playing on different little things, courts of trying out, but mainly you're going to find them, like I said, if it's an indoor court, you're going to see wooden floors. Some of the basketball courts have wooden, uh, have the rubberish type of, of mat, you know, on it. And so different kind of court surfaces, they're going to get a different bounce on the ball and a different skid and things like that. And so you just have to get adjusted to it. Of course, the outdoor courts, they're just like tennis courts, just like the tennis surface, a regular tennis court. And it looks like a tennis court, except there's only one set of lines that are pickleball lines. They don't have all the tennis lines on them and stuff like that. Okay, so like a, like if there's a park out there that's got a tennis court, that could be used for maybe up to two or three different pickleball courts? You could literally put four pickleball courts on there, line them. Of course, you know, then you have to bring your own nets and stuff like that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Uh, two courts would be good where you could put one on each side of the net, and that gives you ample enough room and stuff like that. Okay. Here in the city of Houston, we do have, that's about the only things we have as courts is uh, where subdivisions have taken the, the initiative and painted some of the lines already on, on some of the tennis courts, and, uh, but we really don't have any public courts here in Houston. Okay. We have privately owned courts, but not public courts where people can just go out and play for free or stuff like that. Yeah, but there are tennis courts almost everywhere, every park or high schools or whatever, so with a little bit of creativity, you could uh, turn uh, your local tennis court into a pickleball court. Right, and that's what some yeah. of the cities do, some of the communities around the United States is, you know, when they find a location that a tennis court's not being used as much as it used to be, they have converted them into pickleball courts, and then they've seen a, a more more people and more people getting out there and using the courts instead of not being used and stuff. Yeah, that's right. I th the most common tennis court I see is an empty one these days, it seems. There are still some people play, but it seems like there's a lot of empty tennis courts out there being unused. Uh, talk about the demographics here. We're, we're in a room here with the gym. I don't know. What do you think? Maybe 30 people, 40 people in here playing? Uh, uh, well, each court uh, has four, so that's, uh, that's 16. That, 16 plus another a, almost 16. Way. Yeah, we got about 35 people here. They're all from around the Houston area, not just uh, centralized here, even though this the Fondy Center is downtown, center of Houston. A ball coming right at you, right there from the very far court. Oh, all right. Very far. Uh, they'll probably get some okay. other balls. they got a bucket of balls. 
Anyway, so uh, we have all different kinds of players here. This is a meeting place. There's not very many public places that you can come free, so this happens to be one of the places. So from all over the Houston area, they'll come here and play, and they're limited to how much time they can play. So they try to get in as much games as they can. And like I said, you have a variety of players. Most of them that I see here are probably players that are what I would say anywhere from 3.0 to probably no more than a, a week 4.0. But like I said, it's a, it's a fun. This this sport can be, it's at two levels. You have recreational players, and then you have the competitive players, you know. And so a lot of the group here is probably more recreational players, you know, just having fun and, you know. Yeah, I see a, a young boy down there, maybe, I don't know, six, eight years old perhaps. And then uh, we have a few uh, senior citizens, some uh, experienced players. We have a handful of middle-aged players, some 20 and 30-year-olds. It's kind of all over the place. Uh, just trying to take a quick glance. Are there more guys than girls? Yeah, maybe, but not by a large margin. There's a lot of women out here playing. Uh, talk about uh, about the demographics uh, from your experience of playing. Is it primarily an older sport, a younger sport, a little bit of both? Well, it's changed over. Like from the beginning when it was first invented, it was a family game. And then as it, uh, as it got more rapidly growing, it started to change into the senior community just because the seniors uh, could not play as much tennis as they used to and they were, had more injuries so they started playing pickleball but then in the last I would say four to five years the sport has really grown to where where I call the younger crowd is getting more involved where uh, you know you're seeing more people under the age of 49 playing a lot more anywhere from 19 to 49 and uh, so uh, you know it's moved around around we got a lot of younger people playing now which makes it good and this kind of sport it's not about so much power and quickness because uh, it, it's more about the placement and being, be, being patient and being consistent. You know, I mean, if uh, the sport comes out on TV now, they even had the CBS Sports Channel this past year, they televised three games, you know, the wow, cool. uh, a tournament, you know, and so you, people that were able to see it could see how it's not so much power. It's, it's good to have the power and, and the quickness, but if you just play smart and do a lot more placement, than power hitting, you you really uh, you can do advance more. Yeah, we're you and I met a few weeks ago at another facility here in the Houston area. Uh, you, you had an event you're organizing to put on uh, to kind of spread the word about pickleball. And with me that day was uh, a young 20-year-old athlete, a former high school uh, track athlete, young, fit, and uh, he came out and played with. Uh, at that event was a lot more elderly players. And he and I were joking that uh, both he and I got our butts kicked by by the the older crowd. So, this sport is a is a good equalizer. It it is not about necessarily youth and fitness and, and athletic ability. Certainly that'll help, but it is, that is not a dominant advantage. I'll tell you a little story. The first time I got into the tournament, we went to the national tournament in Arizona, and I was playing with this kid that was probably 16 years old, and we played some older fellows. They were probably in their 60, 65 years old, and we thought we were going to beat them. <laughs> and it seemed like it's such an easy yeah. match. They, uh, they really put a beating on us and showed us what pickleball was all about. You know? <laughs> yeah, it is It is definitely a, it's a finesse sport. It's, experience pays off way more than the ability to jump high or whatever, like you might have an advantage in other sports. Talk about, uh, let's kind of narrow the focus here to the senior crowd. Why is this a good sport for, uh, for someone who's 60 or 65? What are the advantages there? Well, it's a... Uh, a little bit less movement than what you would have in tennis, probably. Uh, they say it's, I mean, what I've read up and what I've learned over the years, it's it's good for your health, uh, both physically, mentally, keeping track of your scores and things like that. And then 
also the the friendships and the the that you, you develop through pickleball because as for as long as i've been playing i have so many friends i could say all over the united states just because of what i met through pickleball you know and uh yeah the social aspect of it from what i've read as well is definitely a big factor where there's communities built around this i know there's some senior communities in florida where there's literally hundreds of pickleball courts in that community and and it becomes a gathering point for the for the residents and that is definitely a big aspect of it. And the smaller court with four people playing on a smaller court, you're, you get clo you're, you're, yeah, you're closer, closer to each other. Yeah. So you get to know each other more than what you do. Sometimes what they used to say in tennis is as far away you are, you don't have that contact. And here you do. And then, like I said, it's all fun. Once you become friends and stuff like that, you could trash talk to people and stuff. And you know how far you can take certain things and stuff. But, uh, yeah, so we've got a match right here in front of us. We just had the serve. It's been just a few minutes here kind of going through step by step of uh, how do you serve? What is required for the serve? What are the kind of the basic rules? Try to describe that to the listeners who can't see what we're seeing here. Okay, well, I'm going to cover three things that I think that are really like the hardest things to learn in pickleball. Okay. And one of them is, uh, of course, the serve. That's, you know, once you serve underhand, you, you have to let it bounce. So the server serves, he, and the, re the receiving team has to let it bounce one time. And then when the receiving team hits back to the serving team, the serving team has to let it bounce once. So that's a unique thing. Though. That's Ten a unique thing. You have to bounce, bounce. It has to bounce, okay. bounce one side on each side. Do you know what, what the reason, why, why is that a rule? What's the purpose I'll of that? be honest with you, I, I wouldn't be able to t tell okay. you what, All right. what the reasoning okay. is. Okay. After that, it's, the other part is, is staying out of the kitchen. You know, because in this, in this sport, at least when you start getting into the higher level play, it's about getting to the line. Okay. You know, right here, we could see a lot of players – they don't quite come up to the net like they like in the higher level, the pros and the, the 5-0 players and the, even the 4.5 players. They learn that you, the importance is getting up to the line to reducing the court amount. Of, you okay, know. yeah, that makes so sense. So a lot of times out here, you'll see a lot of them, they stay back because they think it's from the back part of the game. These two are moving up a little bit, and they happen to get a lob over them. But, uh, yeah, you want to get up there. So the, the, and the kitchen line is, is what, is it, seven feet from the net? Seven feet from the net. And the full width of the court. So if you can imagine kind of a, a keep-out zone, if you will, uh, seven feet from each side of the net, full width of the court, and that's the no-volley zone, the kitchen. In other words, you uh, can't go up to the net and volley like in tennis. In tennis, you okay. can literally go up all the way to the net and hit the ball. Here in, in pickleball, you can't do that. Unless it bounces Unless first. it bounces inside okay. the kitchen area. Okay. Then go on from there. So after the serve, uh, it's got to bounce. Score, the, the scorekeeping. That's a, another part that some people have a real hard time adapting to is how to keep score because you're always going to hear three numbers. Okay. You're going to hear when the game first starts, you're going to hear 0-0-2. Zero, zero, and you always gonna you have two servers, but at the start of the game, it's called zero zero two, because whoever starts the game, you're only gonna get one serve. After when it sides out, then you'll hear the zero zero one and zero zero two, because so, both people will get the serve. So talk about those numbers individually. The first number is the the, the score of the serving team, the serving team, and then the score of the, uh, the receiving team, team. And, then and then the third, the third number, is, number is either a one or a two, which is gonna be what represents whoever's serving number one server or number two server. Okay, and then can you score on any volley, or can you only score? You on You only your score serve? when you're serving. That's okay. A, that's another a difference thing in here. Okay, I think that is that similar to volleyball. I think volleyball I think. used to be like that. I think volleyball has changed the rules now. But okay. yeah, volleyball was one of the sports that you, you know the only time you could score was when you were serving okay and then how about if uh, during uh, the course of play a ball lands right on the line is on the line count or not count you, you know on the lines are all in if, okay. as long as the all ball right. lands on the line it's going to be in the the big thing that's going on right now is uh 
Well, the pickleball, the wiffle ball, doesn't quite flatten out like the tennis ball. Okay. So depending where the center of the ball is, the ball could be just right outside. If the center of the ball lands right outside the, the, the line, it literally is out, even though it may look like it's in. But when we're playing recreational, we don't get so technical about sure. that until you yeah. play tournaments. And then you, in tournaments, you have your line judges, so you let them make the calls and you don't have to worry about yeah, it. Yes, so I think I think we've all seen the slow motion camera on the tennis matches where you see the ball coming in and hitting the line and, and it's flattening out because it's a squishy ball. And so here the, the dynamics of that be a little bit different because it's really just hitting at one single point as opposed to flattening out. So well, that's, kind of, that's kind of a, uh, a good thing. Uh, let's see, what, how, how many points do we go to in a match? The match goes up to 11. The first one, most uh, games are up to 11. Sometimes they go up to 15, depending what kind of tournament you get into. But the, the most of them are 11 points. You win by two. Win by two, okay. So uh, I don't know, how long, winning by two could take a long time. What's the highest um, match you've been a part of? Uh, I've gone before 17, 15 okay. one time, but, you know, like I said, I mean, it can go up to depending, you know. It could go, go uh, forever, yeah. But Very most cool. of the time it doesn't, you know, but every once in a while you will have some that just happen to drag on a little bit longer, but, you know, it could either be two really good teams or it could be two bad teams. <laughs> sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I do a lot of road cycling, so cycling is kind of expensive to get started, and you could spend several thousand dollars for a bike or maybe as little as 500 uh, golf, I've been known to golf a few times, and I'm, I'm really bad at that. But, uh, but golf is kind of expensive. You can spend $500 to $1,000 or more for a set of clubs. What does it cost to get into this sport? The sport is re pretty reasonable. But as any other sport that is up and growing and getting faster, it, it's the same thing applies. I mean, you, have, you can go in there and buy paddles anywhere from $25 to, to $160, what they're ranging up now. And, of course, you know, I mean, if you pay $25 for a paddle or anything in the lower range, you know you're going to get a lower-end paddle, you know. So you do want to spend a little bit on a paddle. And anywhere reasonable prices for paddles that are in good shape would be anywhere from $85 to probably $125. And know, how, how long will that last? you replace a paddle every year, every two years? Uh, you have to some of these it? paddles can last. Uh, I've seen some paddles that are out here that are... Uh, are literally probably four to five years old. And uh, matter of fact, I was talking to a friend right now, and I saw his paddle, and I told him that his paddle is an old one, but it still it didn't sound. It was at least five years old, and it didn't sound like it was any, any damage to it. It had wear and tear on it, but the inner core still sounded really okay. good. You know, very cool. So like, let's say that there's a an HOA homeowner association uh, leader out there listening, and they want to put one of these in their community. We've talked about the cost of paddles. That would be an individual cost, perhaps even the balls. What would the nets cost for a community to go out and buy 10 or 15 or however many the nets, nets to put up? The nets run anywhere from $150 to $175. You can get a good, decent net to put on. And, and uh, like I said, the way we've started some of the communities, some churches and stuff like that, we'll just take a donation. Everybody pitches. You know, you got 12 players. Everybody pitches in $10, $15, and it's easily purchased. And then, uh, of course, some some of the facilities, they'll buy their own, you know. and, and Sure, yeah, and that kind of growth where just some, some individual or some small group decides to uh, – kind of adopt the sport and make it their own is how growth happens. Uh, do you have any idea of how the sport went from some backyard hobby into growing into, you know, millions of people playing now in just a matter of 40 or 50 years? Do you have any concept of that, of how that occurred? I think it's just the fun. Okay. The fun and the yeah. enjoyment that everybody has. I mean, but if you see the people out here, I mean, everyone's having a good time. They're, they're in, And this is in every community you go to, you know. I mean, even at the higher levels and at the lower levels, I mean, it's, it's just a fun sport to be involved in, uh, and I think that's the main reason that it has grown and, and it is uh, 
is just catching on so so quick everywhere, you know. So part of the reason it's catching on is because there's advocacy groups out there, and you're part of one of those, the USAPA. Talk a little bit about that organization. The USPA has come a long way as to what it was. Uh, That's the United States of United Ameri States uh, of America Pickleball, Pickleball Association. Yeah. It grew from very small, the you know, organization where it was all volunteer work to where now, you know, even the president of the USAPA, I mean, I, I think he's in the pay administrator now. Okay. And it has gotten so big where, you know, all these new major companies that are trying to get into it, you know, they either donate money or somehow they're, they're you know, helping it sponsor. So the USAPA has grown so much that now they even have where they're getting referees certified. Now you have uh, two groups of uh, that are, you know, you can get certified to be a teacher, you know, to become a teacher, you know, to, to be a certified a football teacher. Okay. So yeah, cool. instead of now just me as an ambassador to get more, I mean, I could do a lot because I've been around for a while, but at the same time, if I had the certification, that gives you an extra little bonus, you know, that you could say, hey, you know, I'm either registered with the IPI or TPA or the new one that just came out is called the PPR, which is a professional pickleball registry, you know, so you're okay. going to be registered as a, as, a, as a coach or instructor, you know, and then you have to meet certain requirements to get in, involved in things like that. Well, doing uh, kind of my homework for this uh, episode, I, I used uh, Google and looked up a lot of things and I found that there were a couple of organizations that are some version of a sanctioning body of the sport and, and tons and tons of websites. Um, dedicated to this stuff. So there's plenty of information out there. Do you have any guess of how many places in the country there are to play pickleball? Do you have any, any idea on that? be honest with you, no. There's just there's a whole okay. a whole mess of them. So, uh, so one I, of I the cheated. biggest websites that you could look at is the USAPA.org. Yeah. Okay. You could go into that website, and then that site will tell you just literally all the, a lot of the more information that you Okay. You know. So I did, I did go there yesterday and looking up at that, and there is a neat little part of that website that is uh, kind of an interactive map, and you can type in your zip code, and it will tell you the nearest uh, area pickleball court that's, that's close to you. So pretty much anywhere you are in the country, there's, there's a place to play places within an hour. Play. Yeah. If you're in a big city, there's many, many places to play in your city, but heck, even out in the middle of rural Iowa, there's somewhere probably within an hour of you of someone playing, playing pickleball. I was talking to one of my uh, friends that uh, showed me how to play pickleball. His name is Roger Workman, and we were talking and discussing about it, how, you know, I mean, you can go to small cities that are probably population of less than 2,000 and already have public courts, and here in Houston, we're so far behind, we don't even have that, you know, and we have 2 million people, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, there, and there's tons. You know, where we, were, where we met a few weeks ago down in southeast part of Houston, here we are in the very downtown Houston, You've mentioned uh, a couple of places in south, south of Houston and Pearland, down in League City. Uh, so here in Houston, there's tons and tons of places to play, and I'm sure that's the same at a any lot, other A lot of the cities. areas here in Houston, we have well, the Fondy Center, the Houston Badminton Center that opened up for badminton. Uh, a friend of mine there that opened it up, he uh, invited pickleball in, so we play pickleball there. We have a new location called The Zone that also has pickleball there. And then Hometown Heroes in League City, uh, Auditorium Center in Pearland, and also the Gilroot Center in the Clear Lake area by the NASA NASA Space Center, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. very cool. So we're uh, going to wrap up this segment, but here in just a few minutes, we'll get some players on. Uh, but before we let you go, do you have? Uh, you've already mentioned the USAPA.org. That's a .org, right? Or a .com? Yeah, .org. That's a .org. Cool. Any other uh, email or contact information if someone wants to get a hold of you? How to? How to uh, my email is rjmolina at sbcglobal.net, or you could give me a call at two eight. 
281-935-9325. And I'm always willing to help you out, get a, a club started or a demo or a clinic or any kind of thing that you want to get pickleball involved. And I could try to help you out and lead, steer you in that way, you know. Very cool. So everyone's on uh, on Facebook and Twitter. The, you guys have any uh, any presence on Facebook? Uh, we have a uh, Facebook. We have uh, a Houston uh, pickleball in uh, Facebook. We have a okay. Friendswood pickleball. We have one in the Katy pickleball also, and uh, that's uh, about it. The ones that I know of locally. That Very we have cool. Here. Uh, so everyone needs to get out and play pickleball. Very cool. Let's uh, wrap this segment up, and we'll uh, we'll come back back in a few minutes with a few people that are out playing now, and just kind of get their thoughts on it and see why they're playing and and uh, see what they're up to. Well, thank you, Ricardo, for being a part of the Lumen Innovation podcast. We'll, uh, we'll check out here, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. All right. Thank you. Let's break out of the program here for a few seconds to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Puzzometry, the hardest puzzle you'll never solve. If you love working on challenging, unique, and beautiful mechanical puzzles, then you've just got to try Puzzometry. P-U-Z-Z-O-M-E-T-R-Y. Puzzometry.com. They have three different puzzles to choose from, and all are for sale at Puzzometry.com. Check it out. You'll be glad that you did. Puzzometry can also be found on Twitter and Facebook. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Lume Innovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation. Before we get back to the program, I want to let you know that you can find all of the episodes of the Lumen Innovation podcast on our webpage, lumenovation.com. That's L-U-M innovation.com, lumenovation.com. We are also on iTunes as well as soundcloud.com. Welcome back to the Lumen Innovation podcast. We're back here at the Fondi Center in Houston, Texas. I've sat down with a a lady who just got off the courts just a few minutes ago, and her name is Polly Lee. Welcome to the show, Polly. Thank you. All right, tell us about pickleball. Why are you playing? What do you get out of this? Okay, uh, before I retired, I started watching the uh, pickleball film on the newspaper, so I decided when I retire, I'm going to pick up this sport. Uh, it's very fun. I used to play tennis, but to me, uh, this one is a lot faster and a lot cardio and very fun because in one minute it's back and forth so you, you can have so many balls. Yeah, it's it's definitely a surprisingly fast-paced game. It's definitely good. So how long have you been, have you been playing? Uh, I play about uh, nine years. Nine, nine years? That's, that's quite a yeah. while then. Uh -huh. that's, that's a bit more than Ricardo. We just talked to Ricardo. He started in... Right. 2010 or so. Right, I remember so. he starting to play. Yeah. Okay. okay, he had mentioned that you were one of his coaches, or you you taught him to play, or oh, maybe a I, I mentor. I won't say coaches. At that time, we don't have uh, coaches around, so whatever is the player help players okay. to play. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Talk about um, uh, how this is maybe helping your fitness, or helping you stay in shape, or getting getting in even better shape. Yes, uh, in, in fact, because of this, this game is indoor. I, I play indoor most of the time, so I don't have to fight the heat. Yeah. Uh, yep. When you play tennis, you, uh, not only your opponent, you're fighting with the heat and wind, too. So Especially here in Houston in uh, summertime, right. it is really right. warm. In the so I get to yeah. play a lot, and we have more venue to play now. Before, it's only YMCA. But now, yeah. 
you can play almost every place. So Houston, for those of us, those of you listening that don't really know much about Houston, is obviously a major metropolitan area. But to drive from one end of the metroplex to the other is a two-hour drive or more sometimes. Uh, so to just say you're from Houston doesn't really narrow it down. Which part of town are you you from? Oh, I'm, I live in Clear Lake. It's very close to Space Center, Houston. It's about five minutes drive. From yeah, that's that's kind of where I live too. I'm down oh, that way. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, so that that's about a 30, 35 to 45 minute drive from here. Um, with no traffic. Yeah, that's right, with no traffic or no construction, which is what we had a little bit of this morning. Uh -huh. uh, where else do you play in the area? Uh, I play uh, right now, as I play at uh, NASA Gear Ruth. Uh, they okay. have a gym, NASA gym they play. And sometimes I play at uh, League City, hometown. Uh, Got it, okay. Mm -hmm. what, other, uh, what other sports have you played in your life? How does this compare to what you've done previously? Uh, early age, I played some uh, ping pong, but okay. uh, it's never serious because uh, you, you just uh, working and have heavy family. Then I play with... Uh, ladies uh, tennis league uh, at night sometimes but since I pick up the pickleball I, I never go back to the tennis anymore okay. so I just I and so I guess you've maybe over the years you've managed to wrangle some of your friends into coming and join in the playing pickleball as well yes yes Very I cool. do have uh, now you can see a lot of tennis player they they switch to pickleball so yeah have you have you managed to come across any of your friends that Maybe really didn't do any athletics at all that you've kind of talked into and introduced them to sports maybe for the first time or the first time in many decades? Yes. Uh, in fact, early at the YMCA, you, you see so many people there because we play early in the morning and a lot of people used to be just sitting there yeah. and watching the people. Uh, now they're starting to play and exercise. They say they get down their, their sugar level, their diabetes getting better and because you, you start to move. Yeah, you, you're, getting in, you're getting in shape, and, right. and absolutely. Um, this, seem, this is kind of a low-impact sport. It's not like running or jogging or, or whatever, but I, I, I would guess there's not too many injuries, but probably are some injuries on occasion. Have you, what have you seen along that lines? Right. Uh, it's not that friendly to your knee because you have a quick stop and go. So the best thing I think you, you do is... I pick up yoga so I can stretch myself okay. besides the pickleball and the core. And a lot of people start to wear braces on the knee and the shoulder. And you see a lot of shoulder problems too. But I won't say it's because of pickleball. It's just because most people, they do the sports before with some other sports and they carry on the pickleball. They thought it's very easy. Later on, they realize, no, it's, it's, it's not that. It's easy for you to reach the ball, but also very hard on your knee and shoulder. Yeah, but certainly the benefits of being, being active and getting out of playing has got to be way better than uh, sitting at home and not doing much, right? Right, right. Uh, still, overall, if you're sitting at home, you still have the knee problem and back problem. So sure, yeah, me. absolutely. Do you ever play any kind of competitive tournaments or maybe even uh, just a fun tournament? You got involved in that kind yeah, of side, side of things? Uh, uh, the first five years, uh, I do play tournaments, and uh, when that time they they have the regional meet south uh, around this area, okay. Louisiana, and and lately I I haven't played serious tournament anymore. I'm more, I'm more of uh, doing for exercise for for fun because I think a tournament player, it's quite different. Your training, and everything, it's uh, it's different from you. Daily just, uh, You've really got to take it serious and kind of right. train and get good right. and practice specific exactly. things. Exactly. How often do you play now? Uh, I play about 
about two to three times, not every day, but I try to do at least at least two times, about three times is my goal. Okay. So yeah. that gets to be kind of a central part of the scheduling of your week then. If you're playing three days a week, that kind of gets to be, oh, I'm, I'm waking up today and I can't wait to play pickleball kind of thing, right? Right, right. A lot of people say I'm wearing the sports clothes all the time. I mean, they, they just go home and wash and go home and wash just for, they don't have other outfit. It's very interesting. Sometimes we have those friendly party, then you realize, oh, she looks like this because <laughs> everybody had a party yeah. outfit on. You're used to, they're used to seeing <laughs> you in your pickleball outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very cool. So, uh, let's see, um, has, has there been a time where you kind of just maybe fell out of love with it for a little while that you kind of just like, eh, let's take a month or two off? Is that, does that happen or you, you just always want to play pretty much every day or every other day, huh? Sometimes you do have a little bit, you need, my point now is uh, it's don't get those replacement, I mean the hip replacement or yeah. knee replacement. So I, you need to give you, yourself some time to rest your yeah. body. Uh, and uh, also, a lot of time at the end, it's a mental game. Your skill reach to a certain level, then it's a mental game. So it's besides that, you need to try to be very calm on the core. Very, okay. Yeah, uh, uh, personality-wise, you change a little bit too. Uh, Ricardo and I were talking a few minutes ago about the demographics where the, uh, the sport used to be uh, a, a bit higher in the age demographics, but now it's growing down to the younger ages as well. Talk about that a little bit of you playing with the uh, different age groups. Yeah, I, I, I okay, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> thank you. It's Polly's, exactly. uh, Polly's turn to play in the court, so uh, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah, at the beginning at YMCA at that time, everybody's like a 60 plus or uh -huh. 50 plus, and all the tournament they, they set up like that way. But now you, you see, I just watch some of the uh, TV, TV program, they, it's like a 25 plus. So it's it's getting a lot, and we used to have people making the, the paddle for us. Now you see all those companies are doing those patterns. Yes, it is yeah. definitely growing. Yeah. Do, you, uh, do you have any uh, any luck? Oh, a boss is coming my way. Uh, do you have any luck talking to maybe your kids or perhaps even grandkids or your neighborhood kids, uh, talking them into it? Or, or is, are you successful at that? Is, is it an easy game to advertise to uh, a younger crowd? Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, and Gear Ruth, uh, the, the, the one in the NASA, they, they have uh, uh, they're not limited to the age, so sometimes you get you just go and play. You can easily get get a monthly or yearly pass for that. Yeah, and the advantage here is it's free, open to the public as a part of the Houston Parks Department. So that's definitely a good thing. Right. Very cool. Well, thanks for being a part of the Lumen Innovation Podcast. And yeah. uh, cool. Thank you, Polly. Thank you for having me. Sure. Thanks for uh, sharing your news about pickleball. Welcome back to the Lumen Innovation Podcast. We're here again at the Fondi Center in Houston, Texas with Hector and Alex. Welcome, welcome to the show, Hector. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. Cool, and welcome, Alex. Absolutely, same here. Cool, so what have you guys been doing the last 20 or 30 minutes? I've uh, been playing hard games. <laughs> playing the best game. that Houston has to offer. Some very skilled, some very talented players here. A diverse array of players, too. 
Yeah, no question. I've been watching some of the matches here too, and it, it's it, you're you're right. It's uh, very diverse. A lot of a lot of different age groups. Uh, uh, there's a young boy I've been watching there. I don't know, maybe he's eight years old or so, and he's he's got game. He's pretty yeah. darn good. Uh, you guys, uh, did you guys just win the game you were playing? Yes, yes, we did. Awesome, cool, good stuff. Uh, how long have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing for uh, about a year. Okay. Yeah, all yeah, about a year. I started playing in uh, Katy, Texas. Actually, this guy uh, Hector got me into playing it because uh, I came from a football background. Okay. And so uh, I played uh, football in Canada and uh, I played at U of H. So this is very different than you know what I'm used to doing. You know the movements yeah. and stuff like that. It's kind of like tennis. I mean, but I wasn't really that good at tennis. You know okay. when, I, when I tried it, but you know this is it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's fun to play. Hector, how long you been playing? I have been playing for about two years now. What drew me to the game is not only the competitive aspect, but it's a thinking man's game, too. Oh, good. That's good. good aspect it, it develops it. good hand-eye coordination, eye-mind yeah. coordination. Okay. You have to anticipate people's playing styles, okay. react to where the ball will bounce. And it's just it's just a great game, and it, and it keeps you in incredible shape. Were you also a football athlete as well? Uh, yes, sir. I was a multi-sport athlete. I played football, basketball, soccer. Okay, a little bit of everything. And you played U of H. When did you play U of, U of H football? Uh, I played from 2010 to 2014, and then okay. I uh, played at North Dakota for one year and then went to play in the CFL. I see. So you're mid-upper 20s, 28, 29, Yeah, 20, there. 27. Okay. 27, yeah. Uh, so I kind of point that out just to kind of show that this is an every person's game. If there's 65-year-olds out here and there's college athletes out here and, and everything in between. Uh, who's got the advantage? You, you are uh, that's only been playing a year or two, but good athlete, or the the sixty year old that's been playing for ten years. You know what? It all depends because you'll see a sixty five year old out there, and they'll be so tight with their uh, with their paddle work that you know it make you run a lot more yeah. than you need to run. So it, they'll keep you moving. So it really it really all depends on uh, on what they bring to the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's there's definitely a lot of strategy and stuff involved. Uh, so you guys are, are young. You could be out doing anything today. Why, why are you in, inside of a gym here playing pickleball? What, what makes this sport more appealing than all the other alternatives it, that you've got? It's just fun and competitive. Like, it is, like, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just so fun and competitive. Like, you can – and there's so much to learn in the game. There's so much to learn. Like, I, I love playing a sport that, you know, that I'm not good at at first, but I can, I can get better at, you know, gradually. You know, so it's, I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. How about you, Hector? It's a great game. It's a great social game, too. You get a chance to meet – people from different backgrounds just connect with our genuine love of pickleball. One thing that I enjoy about the game, for me personally, it helps to build that strength and stability back of my knee because of the lateral agility, the redirection, the planning, and trying to catch the ball. Okay, okay, that's that's a good aspect of it. It's kind of amazing that pickleball is, is it's a new sport. I mean, it's been around for 50 years, but it's, it's growing, and most people still haven't heard of it. But I know there's four or five different places in Houston today that if you walk into, there's 50 people playing pickleball. And here's one of them where this, this place is full. There's every court is full, and there's 20 or 30 people waiting to, to wait their turn. It's, it's amazing how popular this sport is getting. Uh, have you got any of your other friends and stuff involved? Have you um, uh, not not just yet. Actually, um, Hector's friend got us involved okay. in playing pickleball because we, for, we 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 didn't want to play it for so long. We was like, oh, pickleball, like oh, we don't we, we didn't even know what it was. Yeah. Like oh, That's we don't right. want to play that. You know, it's probably probably boring and something. And then we 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 went there and tried it the first time and just fell in love with it. Where else do you guys play? Uh, at the YMCA. Over there on the uh, northeast side? Of yeah, we play at the Wendell D. Lee YMCA on the east side. We also play at Freed Park on the in the Spring Branch area. And okay. a place that we both want to check out is the Badminton Center. 
I've heard about the badminton center. They say that you have to bring your A game on Friday nights. They're good. So you'll play some of the best in the city. So I'm looking forward to hopefully rising to that challenge. That's neat. That's kind of getting some competitive action, and that that kind of appeals even more to the to the younger crowd is just to kind of get your your weekend warrior kind of competitiveness going. Absolutely. That's very good. How often do you guys play? Uh, we try to play at least three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You know, okay. We try to play at least three days a week along with, like, lifting and, and another running that uh, we do. Yeah. But definitely try to play at least three days a week. And, and same for you, Hector? You play About three to three? four days a week. Okay. So yep. just our previous guest, uh, Polly, she was on, and, and she said she played about three days a week, and it's getting to where, you know, kind of that's driving her weekly schedule, that that I can't do this because I got pickleball on Wednesday or whatever, right? So, Absolutely. And you guys are getting to, getting to the same way where it's kind of becoming a focal point of your schedule. Absolutely. Very cool. Uh, talk about, so you guys are, are former college and high school athletes, uh, various injuries and stuff, and those. Talk about the the fitness thing here as well as the prone, you know, to getting injured and stuff in here. Is this kind of a high-impact, low-impact sport? Um, it, it depends. Like, if, if you play every day, I think it could be real high-impact. It could start wearing on your ankles. Okay. But, if you if you uh, keep it at like three days a week, I think I think you'll be fine. And you know it's good it's good it's good because it helps you move around. You yeah. know it helps you, you you can't just stand still and play pickleball. Like it's it's a sport that you have to move around. Got it. And it, and it's from what I'm seeing as well. It's a sport that you can get as as sweaty and worked out and, and breathing hard as you want, or you can kind of have have kind of a chill game and a low pace game. Uh, Absolutely. That, yeah. So what what it, which aspect of that do you like? Do you really want to get a game that's just super high intensity, or do you want one that's kind of more chill and laid back? I love it all. I love games that make me think. I love the slow games. I love the fast game with the volleys and exchanges. I love the dinking. I hear that I just have to continue to work on that dinking and the soft game. Yeah. It seems like at the higher levels, it's really just the thinking games, thinking man's game, and it's really just forcing your opponent into a mistake. Very cool. Do you have a preference for indoor or outdoor pickleball? Uh, I've actually never played outdoor pickleball. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I've only just played indoor. Well, with the summer heat around Houston, it's probably good that we're in right. the indoors today, right? <laughs> it's definitely, definitely exactly. kind of warm. Well, very cool. Well, thanks for uh, sharing your stories. Anything else you want to add? Maybe a shout-out to a Twitter account or anything? Any, any? Oh, absolutely. I'll make a couple of shout-outs. Shout-outs to everybody at East Houston, the Window Dealing YMCA. Thank you for allowing us to play. It's an incredible opportunity. Just look forward to playing weekly. And then I am a student of the game, so shout-out to uh, Dave the Badger Weinbeck. Shout-out to Sarah Ansbury. Shout-out to Tyler Long, Kyle Yates. And these are these are these are professional pickleball pro- professional. players. I watch their instructional videos on YouTube, just really just trying to learn and refine and adapt my game. So okay, yeah, that's thank you. That's good to have those resources online that you can just go on and, and learn from the pros or, or the, the, the the elites of the game. We're here in the Fondy Center. Do you guys ever come here for anything else other than pickleball? Uh, no, it's my first time being here actually. Okay, I'm kind of learning. This is a neat facility. Have you been here before? They used to play pickup basketball back in the day, and you would get some like really competitive basketball games here. But pickleball, our friends from YMCA introduced us to that, so that they play on Saturdays. So okay. we just wanted to take an opportunity to come out and play. Uh, have very humbling experience getting your butt whooped 11 to one, but you know you come back for the love of the challenge and love of the game. Very cool. Well, cool. Well, thanks for being on the show, Hector and Alex. Cool. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Loom Innovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship, and the creative people who make our world a better and more interesting place to live.